0: Hello and welcome to the In the Pen podcast, a podcast about relievers, part of the Pitcherless podcast network. My name is Jake Crumpler, and as always, I'm joined by Rick Graham. Rick, how you doing? It's uh, it's finally December. We can finally listen to Christmas music.
1: Um, sure. My, my I mean, my fiance has been listening to Christmas music since November first, so um but yeah i'm not i'm not you know the christmas music uh i used to work in retail back in the day you you get hit over the head by you know mariah carey and uh, all the christmas tunes that you know are popular so um well you
0: just gotta find the unpopular ones like uh, (laughs) that's true yeah some of the bands I listen to, like Group Love and The and the Shins, and, yeah. I mean, even like Weezer and The Killers, like they have right. Christmas albums, obviously a lot different, but they, they do give you uh, a little spice, a little difference from the regular stuff. I personally like Pentatonix and I wait until yes, December yeah. 1st and then I only listen to Christmas music for a month. So then I do not <laughs> want to listen to it the rest of the year and then it comes around in December and I'm ready again.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the the goal. That's the plan, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah it's you know it's it's this year flew by um but yeah how how did your thanksgiving end up i know we, we talked about uh, the, f- <laughs> the food situation how did uh how did that turn out
0: yeah so uh my grandma had surgery planned for like the week before so we had to cancel oh. doing it at her house but luckily one of her friends was nice enough to invite her and uh, our whole family which is like me my brother my mom uh my uncle and then my grandparents so we all went there and uh the lady that was hosting much better cook than my grandma I, I know she doesn't listen so i don't have to be careful um but the thing was that i didn't know anybody there and then they were all old like my mom's 58 and she was like the third youngest person there like it was my, my oh, brother okay. me and then my mom <laughs> how, how was fun, yours
1: yeah, my man yeah, mine was good is it was, it was, you know the, um you know good food can't complain. Um, most of my, yeah, my whole family was there. So it was was a good, you know, five hours, uh, get away. And yeah, (laughs) what, what's your uh,
0: favorite dish
1: during Thanksgiving? Um, you know, I think Turkey is kind of a little bit overrated. Depends on, I mean, it it, it depends on how it's cooked. And, uh, like I I mentioned last week, my brother-in-law is a chef, so he does a really (laughs) good job about the Turkey and everything. But, um, you know, I, I I like the side. I'm definitely a more of a sides guy with like the, you know, stuffing. Um, you know, green bean casserole. I think's an underrated uh, side. Sweet potatoes are always great. You know that that type of thing. Um, that's usually I'm more of a. I'll, I'll load my plate up with sides and have like a l- little bit of turkey on there as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like not a fan of just like the Thanksgiving meal in general. So it's hard for me to pick favorites. I like might Mm. say turkey if it's if it's cooked well, but I think I'm more of a dessert guy. My grandma made a pumpkin cheesecake and that was actually really good. Yeah, she's much she's much better at at the desserts (laughs) than she is at doing like the, the Thanksgiving meal, even though, you know, she's beholden to the to the laws of, of kosher and you know, the rest of my family having dietary needs, but yeah, mm. it wasn't too bad. I, I wasn't too pumped until I got to load my plate with all kinds of pies and cheesecakes.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's I. know the sweets are always, um, we had, what do we have? We had, yeah, I think we had a pumpkin cheesecake too. Um, nice. but you know, I, I just get too full on the, the actual sides and the Turkey that I uh-huh. typically skip the, uh, the pies and desserts. Um, But yeah, that's, uh, you know, you got to find your thing. I guess that's 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 what Thanksgiving is about.
0: That's right. And you know what else is about finding your thing? Free agency. And (laughs) we'll look at that transition. (laughs) That's what we'll be talking about today. Last week, we discussed basically like all of the free agent relievers we didn't go too in depth and this week we will be doing a draft of the free agent relievers both of us will be putting together a bullpen of seven relievers and by doing so that'll allow us to dive deep into 14 relievers we'll see you know wh- which one's obviously surprised we haven't drafted yet well we'll see who we talk about it's a surprise yes. for everyone but we will get there first we've got Finally, we got the reliever of the year award winners. Uh, it felt like they forgot about these, and then they they put these <laughs> out. I didn't realize that like this award comeback player of the year and stuff comes out so much this later slight. than MVP. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like that should and Hank Aaron Award too. Uh, actually, no, those came out earlier. I, I they they did the the DH of the year award. DH of like, the year, yeah, yeah. The, these should come out like before Gold Glove and and Silver Slugger because these are sort of appetizers, but. Mm. Nonetheless, we finally got them, and I think we were right in both of them. The reliever of the year award winners were Felix Bautista in the American League and Devin Williams in the National League. Uh, Pretty crazy to me that Felix Bautista was able to pull this off unanimously at that because he did not pitch in September, which, you know, may have saved him because his UCL was torn. So he might have, <laughs> you know, destroyed his numbers if he did pitch in September. But that's crazy that he was able to pull that off unanimously, not even pitching the final month. And then obviously the NL was much tighter with Devin Williams going up against Josh Hader. They had pretty much identical numbers. And uh, the co- my co-host on my other podcast, Free Baseball, which you can find on my Twitter, at Jake Crumpler or at Athletes Hub, we he he mentioned that the Brewers have just been on a roll with closers, just like since 2018 or whatever. Like Josh Hader in, in 2018 and 2019 winning this award, then Devin Williams in 2020, uh, and then I, I think it was Hader again in 2021, and then obviously Edwin Diaz took over in 2022, and then back to Devin Williams. The Brewers are just a relief pitcher. Creation machine. I think Abner Rebase next. But do you have any thoughts on these awards? Do you think these are the right uh, choices?
1: Yeah, I think we. Yeah, we both went with Devin Williams in the NL. It was closer with the, with hater, but I think Williams overall, you know, strikeout numbers and everything all put together made more sense for him to win the award. Um, Batista. So yeah, it's it's the AL didn't have. I mean, I guess Classé a had a ton of saves, but everything mm-hmm. else didn't look that great so i think batista was a pretty easy easy bet there um did the Brewers? so the brewers have had did, did cory kniebel ever won win an nl know, reliever he had that one he had a one really good year that i wonder if he even kept that thing going for the brewers because yeah you're right i mean they they have been a factory of developing no you know, back end of dude. the yeah
0: it was it was Kenley Jansen in sixteen and seventeen, uh, and then Hader eighteen, nineteen Williams and twenty Hader and twenty one, Diaz, and then Williams again. Um, yeah, uh, it, I, I did also think of Corey Knebel too. So I mean, e- even if he didn't win the best reliever in the National League award, I, I still think he's worth mentioning in the in the names of guys that the Brewers have been able to out for sure. Output in their ninth inning.
1: Yeah, and I. Then, yeah. I was just say yeah, rebay is going to be the next guy, and if not, Poguero, yeah. and they just have a bunch of names right now.
0: Yeah, they are, they are really good at, at pumping those relievers out. And then the other award we got was the Comeback Player of the Year award. On the National League side, it was Cody Bellinger. We'll skip him since this is a reliever podcast. And on the American League side, we had Liam Hendricks. This is one of those really weird awards. I, I think I saw a meme on Twitter where somebody was just like, this award is so depressing. You always have like one guy that, you know, <laughs> beat mm-hmm. a life threatening disease and another guy who came back from sucking at baseball. <laughs> 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 it's just like, it's yeah, it's different. so true. It's always like this, you know, like Carlos, Carlos Carrasco a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's always like one guy who beat cancer and one guy who re like recapture this job yeah, yeah exactly
1: um, they but need, yeah they need to like yeah they should probably have two different awards for t- those two different yeah th- there should be a difference um i don't know what they would call the, the each one but yeah i feel like they should differentiate the uh the two the two things <laughs>
0: It is it is really weird, but it, it was cool to see Liam Hendricks make it back, although yeah. it wasn't too successful. It didn't last too long. He's now undergoing Tommy John surgery. I'm sure he's happy to be wrapping up what has been a very difficult for year for him off the field. Um, but yeah, congrats to him on winning that award. I look forward to seeing who he signs with and seeing him return to the field in 2025.
1: I mean yeah hypothetically he could win this award two two year two out of 3 years yeah. if he comes back in 2025 um looking like the same guy he was uh you know the last couple of years so I mean, with yeah. the
0: amount of guys that have undergone Tommy John surgery this year he, yeah. he's going to have a lot of competition in 2025
1: That's that's true that is true
0: <laughs> Yeah so luckily uh nobody's getting Tommy John surgery right now at the very least I I feel like there was one guy who just like just got it like posthumously after the season ended i cannot Yo, remember on who it is. Uh, oh yes exactly yeah Oviato, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was that's so weird like how do you like aren't you taking time off you're just like oh now that i'm not
1: throwing my elbow really hurts still they must yeah he must have just not <laughs> yeah they must have just found something after like a post post season uh checkup or something yeah that that, that is yeah. a little strange but i'm sure yeah it, it does happen
0: that really, that really sucks for him. I'm sure because he was probably looking forward to putting in a lot of work this offseason. This,
1: but yeah, that 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 now becomes almost like a two year, you know. And you yeah, know, he's gonna, just the timing. Like maybe he'll be back in some point, twi- some some point in 2025, probably. But yeah, yeah like late in the year, it does hurt. Yeah, it does definitely hurt. To, you know. Yeah, because you have to do the you have to rehab during the year. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna that's it's, it's definitely a killer having it this late.
0: Yeah, it's rough. Um, yeah, Uh but those are the final awards for the 2023 season. Once again, Felix Bautista and Devin Williams are your relievers of the year, and Liam Hendricks won the American League Comeback Player of the Year Award. We'll now turn to the transactions, and while they have sort of been – more notable across the board. They have not, that's not been the case for relievers. We really just have two notable transactions and really only one of them is going to be people that are a player that people are familiar with. We'll start off with the trade that the diamondbacks and the Mariners did. And That one included the Diamondbacks trading Carlos Vargas and Sebi Zavala to the Mariners for Eugenio Suarez. We'll focus on Vargas since he is the reliever of the deal. And he's actually pretty interesting because he throws really hard. And obviously, this is somewhat of a salary dump because I think Suarez is maybe worth more than than Vargas and Zavala. But I really have faith that the Mariners are going to turn Vargas into somebody really good.
1: Yeah, it's a good landing spot for him. It's, you know, they're not the Brewers or the Rays maybe, but the Mariners have have done a great job with um, developing their bullpen and, you know, whether it's Munoz or Matt Brash or, you know, even before he got hurt, Penn Murphy and, you know, guys like that. Um, I think Vargas is a a very interesting name to get into the mix there. Uh, It is an interesting, I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a salary dump. So Vargas, you know, it's it's weird seeing a reliever be like the top name going back for someone who was, you know, Suarez was pretty uh-huh. product, productive last year, but um, yeah, I, I it'll be interesting to see how Vargas slides into that bullpen. I mean, he's got great stuff. It was always interesting when he got called up last year and you know, him and Justin Martinez, uh, was it Justin Martinez? Yeah, who we were just kind of waiting to see if they would You know, move into a high leverage role in Arizona with, you know, before they went out and got policy walled. So, um, but now seeing Vargas in Seattle, I mean, there's definitely openings behind Munoz and Brash there.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a lot of work, I think, for the Mariners to turn him into something because while the stuff is clearly good, the guy averaged 99 and a half miles per hour with his fastball. The results have not been great. He landed in Arizona after starting the first couple of years of his career Uh in the Cleveland organization. And last year, his first year with the club he pitched at triple A as a 23 year old and produced a 7.02 ERA across 42 and a third innings pitched. And you'd think, oh, maybe he's like got good strikeout and walk numbers. You'd be wrong. 17% strikeout rate to go with a 15% <laughs> walk rate. Just absolutely terrible. He only pitched four and two thirds innings in the majors. And while he did strike out of batters, super small sample size, and it came with an 18% walk rate. So this is really just a play on stuff and, and, you know, they're going to have their fingers crossed and their uh, coaches working really hard to help him figure out his control. And obviously velocity is, is very difficult to teach. So just bringing a guy over that has that kind of stuff, you can turn him into a pretty legitimate reliever if you can help him get a secondary pitch and, figure out how to throw strikes and then I, he could be a really sneaky guy that comes out of nowhere and, and breaks out next year or the, or the following year they'll have him for a while.
1: Yeah. I'll be interesting to see uh, what they, what they're able to do with them, but yeah, it's another, it's just an under interesting, you know, name a guy who throws hard that they can throw in the back end there.
0: And then the only notable reliever free agent signing we had was Emilio Pagan signing with the Reds for two years and $16 million. That seems like a lot just in general. Obviously, like I, I'm, I have nowhere near $16 million, but for that to go to Emilio Pagan is pretty crazy. Not only because I mean, that's just a lot for a reliever in general, but also the guy is 32 years old. He'll be 33 going into next year. And he just seems like pretty mediocre in mm. general. Last year, he did have a sub three RA, but it came with a four and a half XFIP and he struck out just 24% of batters. So he's not like, I don't know. He, he's not unstoppable. And this is a guy that's always struggled with the home run ball. And so for his career, he had like a 15% home run to fly ball rate. And then this past year, it dropped all the way to 5%. So a massive drop. And that seems to be the key factor in allowing him to produce a sub three ERA. And that is likely to return to his career levels or even, you know, the major league minimum or the major league average, which is like around 10%. So he is likely to regress. I see him more of as like a low force ERA guy with a 25% strikeout rate, which is seems Mm -hmm. easy to find out there on the free agent wire or just like anywhere, um in yeah, AAA, a that just seems like replacement level reliever but somehow he gets eight million dollars a year first of all what are your thoughts on this signing for the reds where does he figure in there and then also what do you think the cost of this deal how do you think it affects the prices we're going to see for the rest of the free agents going off the board this season
1: yeah, I mean it's a lot of money for. You know, first of all, it it does on paper at least it seems like a terrible fit for him to be in Cincinnati yes, in that ballpark. Exactly. Um, yeah, like you mentioned the the K rates are very middling. Uh, the hard, his hard hit, the home run rate came down last year, but the hard hit rate did not, and um, mm-hmm. his hard hit rates were very very bad. of forty five point two percent hard hit, ninety point six percent average exit velo. And he doesn't get a lot of ground balls. I mean, 32% ground ball percentage. So there's a lot of hard hit fly balls uh, from him. And now he's going into Cincinnati where that's like the, the, obviously the last thing you want to do. That's so You don't want to do that anywhere. But in Cincinnati, you're going to get burned more often than not. So um, it is an interesting, especially this early before anyone else. Maybe may it feels a little bit panicked, a, l- a little rushed. I don't know. Yeah uh it's somewhat the same with nick martinez i felt like that was like uh okay is is that really their guy are they going and getting their guy are they just trying to like do something before the market gets kind of flooded Uh, it's um yeah i i I don't know it's gonna be interesting to see if he's maybe they have some you know maybe they think they can tweak something um you know get less of a get less hard hit balls in the air from him but um, yeah it's it's definitely a weird fit for sure and 16 million so 8 million for him um, that's that does seem I guess about right but I, I think we're going to see a lot of reliever sign for that there's a lot of guys that are in that like 5 to 10 6 to 12 million dollar a year range I feel like this year maybe not 12 but like 5 to 10 seems like that's where we're going to see the bulk of these these guys go or get signed for?
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't know. It seems like a lot to me, mostly because I was looking at MLB trade rumors, uh, top free agent predictions, where they do contract predictions for the the top free agents. Yeah, um, I'm trying to pull it up again, uh, but they I don't know if they undershot relievers across the board or if this is setting a new high. Because if you look at uh, someone like Robert Stevenson or, or Yario Rodriguez, who are you know not the very here not Josh Hader. um they are not they weren't projected to make that much. They had Robert Stevenson at 4 years 36 million. That's $9 million a year. There's no way he only makes $1 million a year more than Emilio Patton.
1: <laughs> yeah, you would think yeah that that's true. Um yeah, I think I had Stevenson more closer to like 12 million. Yeah. Um but the 4 years, the 4 years give him a little extra. Uh co- Cushion and you know room to to breathe, I guess. But yeah, he. I don't know. It, it. I feel like relievers every at least recently in recent memory. It's we always are a little bit shocked at how much some of these relievers end up making in free agency.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and I don't know. I, I just feel like it, if they had been projecting somebody like Stevenson for four years, thirty six million. Like I feel like he's gonna be more like four years forty eight million like twelve million dollars a yeah. year, um which seems like a <clears throat> pretty decent jump from what is is usually a, a pretty prescient prediction system o- over there at MLB trade rumors so that's uh it's surprising that Emilio Pagan will be the one setting the market this year um but yeah I, I think we'll see some pretty inflated free agent deals this all those
1: what did what did we Ronaldo end up getting? Was it ten million? Um, I think it was just like three at twenty eight or something. So he almost pushed ten million. I mean, it's, it's it was three years thirty. Thirty, yeah. So because the bio, yeah. So that's like ten million for Ronaldo Lopez. I mean, if he's getting ten million, I understand how you know Pagan can get eight, and that probably leaves someone like Stevenson. You know what does Jordan Hicks get in this market? That's an interesting one too. Like, what? I don't know. Like, what, what are people I don't know if he gets more
0: there? than. I don't know if he gets more than Stevenson, or or if he's like. I, I just don't know how teams right. are viewing him. I know he's younger, so that's yep. like one factor. So maybe he gets more years, but I, I feel like he's going to make around the same as Stevenson, like twelve million dollars. But I don't know. You can see that really rise even more. Like I would, at this rate, I would not be surprised if he got like fourteen, fifteen million
1: yeah i could definitely see that and you know i think even in recent memory it's like um you know kendall graveman signing three years 24 million eight million dollars for like someone like kendall graveman who came had one decent half season and then you know he's making eight millions i feel like that was kind of the start of the trend of middle relievers just you know getting if you have one you know one and a half one good season you're and you're not 35 or older you're gonna get. You know eight million in in free agency as long as you're healthy, I feel like and can give you know good middle relief innings,
0: yeah, I gotta start pitching <laughs> I right. could use eight yeah. million dollars it's, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh that's Emilio Pagan to the Reds actually like where where do you think he fits in this bullpen it's a it's a pretty shallow bullpen, like obviously Alexis Diaz is gonna be the closer. After that, though, it's basically open waters. You got Lucas Sims, but he cannot stay healthy. And I like TJ Antone's there, but he's in the same boat. Is Emilio Pagan the top setup option in Cincinnati?
1: I think right now uh, it would be safe to assume that Um like you say, yeah, Antone and Sims are wild cards and the rest of it, there's some upside with like Cruz a little bit, but um uh, yeah, it, it depends on, I guess it depends on kind of how, how is the, how is the rotation going to shake mm-hmm. out? And we're assuming Nick Martinez is going to be a starter only, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. he's not going to go back and forth like he did in San, San Diego. Um, got it. so yeah, I, I think P- Pagan is clearly the setup guy there with Sims behind him, um, at the moment.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Uh, it will be it'll be interesting to see if they move one of their starters to the bullpen or if they sign somebody else because they they definitely have a lot of arms none of which stand out uh at least the ones that aren't currently in the rotation and uh there's still a lot of relievers out there on the market and that's exactly what we will be talking about today and before we get into our draft of the free agent relievers we're going to take a quick break. And we're back. Jake Crumpler here with Rick Graham on in the pen. It is time to draft the free agent relievers. We will both be drafting seven relievers to fill out our bullpens, and we'll be picking from the free agents, obviously. I think the way we choose who goes first is we use Google's coin flip, Uh-oh. and uh, I will let you call it. Uh, give me a sec it's flipping already um i will let you call it who you'll get to choose if you want to go first or second whoever goes second gets to go twice the the first like back to back the first time around and then we'll just switch back and forth um Uh, i'll go tails okay i am flipping now it is heads Uh, i think i will go first (laughs) okay all right um yeah. So obviously we're, we're choosing amongst all of the free agent relievers. And I, I think there's one that is clearly better than Don't all the rest. There. That is why I chose to, to go first. No, no, no. I would never do that. Um, <laughs> I I'm, I'm going with Josh Hader. I, I think, uh, that that's the, the right choice here. He's had the longest history of success with the, the brewers and the Padres. And I, I think that continues into next year. I feel pretty confident with him as my closer. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there, there is a case for other guys, but with the way that Josh Hader is pitched for the entirety of his career and the lack of left-handed relievers on the market, I think that bumps him up even more so because, you know, the drop off from him to Araldus Chapman is pretty massive and he can still be a legitimate closer as someone with a lot of closing experience.
1: Yeah, I know. That's the, um, that makes sense to take him first, giving his you know track record, and uh, it's it hasn't really been a lot of news on him. Um, I see the Dodgers have been linked. The Cubs are definitely going to be a factor. Probably the Rangers as well. Uh, what do you, what do you think if like the Dodgers? I I think the Dodgers if they miss out on Otani, I could see them just going after a bunch of you know, you know uh, secondary targets and trying to, you know, sign up, sign it, sign a starter, starting pitcher, road would like hater. I know they've also been linked to Stevenson too. What, what do you mm-hmm. think is, is Evan Phillips job? Uh, is it, should we start to be concerned about Evan Phillips? I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know the, if
0: we can be concerned before they sign anybody.
1: I know, but they've, they've been linked to Stevenson and hater. Uh, I, I mean the Dodgers, I guess are always linked to everyone. um, mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously Hayter would would take over the role there. He would take there's nowhere he would go where he wouldn't be this closer unless it's again, it's like some, you know, random, you know, Mets signing or something like that. But Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, I mean, that that landing spot does make sense. I could definitely see him going to the Dodgers. It does have like the the vibes. It would make him pretty easy to dislike for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I do think he would take over the closer role there, especially because they haven't really let Evan Phillips just take the closer role for himself, even though he's been the best reliever there for the past couple of years. Obviously, you know, 24 saves last year, but it, it, there were times where it felt like they wanted to use him elsewhere. And I, I think that's probably a case of, you know, the rest of that bullpen wasn't as trustworthy as it's been in years past. So they wanted, they needed to use him in high leverage and that, took him obviously takes him out of the closer role from time to time. But Josh Hader being the clear cut closer there would allow Phillips to move into that high leverage role. So yeah, that, that actually does make sense. I still think he's going to the Cubs, the need for a reliever there and a lefty reliever at that is massive. And with Craig council already uh, at the helm there, it makes sense for Hader to go there because he has familiarity with Craig council, but we'll, we will see how that turns out i don't know it's the bullpen in in la might get stronger this year now that they're finally getting guys like Trinan and fire Eisen back from injury mm.
1: yeah I, their bullpen isn't i mean i'm sure they're gonna add there the dodgers they'll spend money they're gonna add someone there but they don't i don't feel like they this is a necessary like they don't need to go out and get a guy like josh Hader to to make that bullpen complete or anything i, I feel like they're you know, Alex Vessia had a really good second half. Uh, mm-hmm. Ferguson Ferguson's another good lefty. Didn't Vesia have like the best PLV? Yeah, and this, it, um, maybe, yeah, for the whole season too. And his second half numbers were really, really good. And he was someone I was high on coming into the season because he had a really great, really great 2022 20, season as well. So, you know, Ferguson's another lefty. Gratterall, we know what he does. Um, and then, yeah, Trinan and Fire Eisen as well. Um, they're they're gonna add someone there, but I I don't think it needs they don't don't think they need to spend like whatever a hundred million dollars or whatever it's gonna take to get Hater.
0: Oh, what the heck? Alex Vesia went to uh, Cal State East Bay, which is like right where I grew up. Um,
1: Interesting. So, who
0: did they uh, who did they trade? Oh, they traded him for Dylan Floro. Oof. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Wow. Yeah, they love doing that.
1: Uh, the Marlins could use an, another left-handed reliever down there. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's but. right. They really could. Um, he did have the number one PLV, five point five five last year. That's uh, yeah. That's pretty interesting, though. I do not see him getting many save opportunities. He is no. an interesting guy for holds, but right now we're doing a free agent reliever draft. So Rick, you're up. You get back-to-back picks now. Uh, I think I could like guess who you're going to take, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to let you tell the tell the listeners.
1: I don't know who my second pick is yet, but uh definitely robert Stevenson um with the first one i um i mean I guess I can keep talking about him um <laughs> he, <laughs> you know obviously the things changed when he went to Tampa bay it, even before even with baking in the whole season as a whole, even with his mediocre you know time spent in pittsburgh he, he still finished the year um first amongst relievers in whiff rate. Swinging strike rate and CSW. um, You know, top three and K to walk percentage. Sierra. um, And this is, you know, after two. They weren't terrible months in Pittsburgh, but they weren't. They weren't. They were very mediocre. So, you know, I've heard a lot of people, you know, like, well, I'm afraid like he's going to leave Tampa Bay and then he's like going to forget how to do the thing that made him great there. But like, I don't understand how you know, pretty much they were just like, hey, like, you know, throw your slider harder, make it a cutter, essentially. That's basically what the thing was. Like, just throw it a little harder, turn it into a cutter. And Do you I don't know the see process
0: why. for that, though? Like, is was it yeah. a different
1: grip, or was it just like, throw it harder? See, that, I don't know if they changed anything grip-related. I, I just know, I think I saw either him, him someone saw, someone either was him or someone else said, like, yeah, they pretty much just told me, throw it harder. And I know I've heard other relievers talk about like when they get to Tampa Bay they're just like, Hey, give me give us, you know, Tampa Bay's pitching, you know, st- um staff of, you know, analytic guys or whatever, no whatever we'll just tell them like, hey, welcome here. Give us a month to, you know, tell like to, to tell you what to do. Just to yeah, yeah. listen to us for a month and like we're gonna make some changes and if you don't like it, go back to whatever you're doing, but we're like pretty confident that we're we can get the best out of you and you know they have for the most part with most guys, and I, I just don't. I see like Stevenson. It wasn't if if it really was just like throw your your slider harder. Um, that shouldn't be anything that, that, that he should be able to take that wherever he goes next. And you know I saw like the Angels were in the mix for him, which I I don't know what the Angels I don't know what the Angels are doing. That's another it's that's another story. But um, at first I was like, oh no, that's like the worst place for any pitcher to go. Um, but. There could be, you know, that could open up the closer role for him because uh, I don't have faith in Carlos Estevez. And, you know, Ben Joyce is still not someone I have faith in as well because he can't stay healthy and he can't throw strikes. So, Stevenson could get early save chances if he ends up in LA with the Angels. With the Dodgers, I'm not so sure. I I I don't know if they would prefer him over Phillips or not.
0: Probably feel more confident about him, like maintaining the success that he had in in Tampa Bay.
1: Right.
0: That's why, like, I think a a grip change I would feel more confident about because it's like a it's like a physical thing. It's not just like do this better, like move your body faster, throw it harder, like try harder. I, I it just that seems like a like. Such a, I can't, can't think of the word, but that, that's, that's sort of the, the vibe that I'm getting with what that is. It's like, it, you can't grasp it. It's not there. Um, but mm-hmm. if you, if you're changing the, the grip a little, like that's something that's easy to take. It's not like you're just going to forget, like, oh, shoot, like, where was I putting my fingers on this? Ah, oh, man, I can't remember. Like there's not too many ways to hold a, hold a slider, but I, I would feel more confident if it was something, uh, more physical, like a, a grip change, but you know, I, I would feel more confident if, he did go to an analytically focused team like the Dodgers. But I I don't know. I I think ALS is a good fit for him. I I think the Rangers are going to go for him just because they'll miss out. In my eyes, I I think they'll miss out on Hader. And then uh, they'll go after, I I don't know, either Stevenson or Hicks. Hicks, Hicks, I have a a different idea of where he might go. But yeah, Stevenson, if it was really just the cutter change that, like, Altered everything, and he's able to carry that over. There's no reason to suggest that he's not going to be good again. But I, I have a feeling that the landing spot's going to be pretty integral in how confident I feel about him maintaining that in 2024.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to play play a factor. um Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because again, the the free agent market still are the re- reliever market still kind of slow. It's just Pagan and Reynaldo Lopez at this point, so. Um, once, once one of those big names, once Hader, Stevenson go, I think once Hader goes, that's going to, when everything takes off, but, um, Stevenson will be an interesting one as well to fall. I think he might get the second most money. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, you know, you just mentioned him. I think I'm going to take him second and that's Jordan Hicks because I think if we're, if we're building a bullpen right now, as if we were building a major league bullpen, this is kind of like, I, I like. I I feel like Hicks and Stevenson are kind of two different. um, They attack differently. You know, Hicks has a 105 mile per hour sinker, where Stevenson's (laughs) just spamming that hard slider cutter Uh um, over and over. So you get two different, you know, looks here. Um, I I was really impressed with Hicks being able to up his strikeout rate last year. Because that was always the thing with him. It's like the stuff's awesome, obviously, but mm-hmm. the strikeouts, you know, I know it was still only 28, I don't only, but 28.4%. That's that's good. It's not, you know, great I, for a reliever, you know, anything over 30% is when it's like, okay, this guy's, you know, kind of, you know, in special territory. So, um, but still, it's 28.4% K rate, still a career high. Yeah, and um, it's still like
0: 80th percentile
1: yeah yeah it is it's and and he's still you know that sinker he, he suppresses hard contact it's a lot of ground uh-huh. balls um he's a guy he would have been someone who i really thought that the the reds would have been interested in i don't know if mm-hmm. like you know someone who's kind of younger who can kind of grow with like a you know a younger team mm-hmm. and again <laughs> Decent, decent enough K rate and a lot of heart, a lot of, a lot of ground balls. So he's not too much of a home run threat. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he wants to be a closer. If he's because de- he, you know, obviously has experience there. Uh, sometimes that can be a tricky thing for reliever negotiations. But I think you know where I think you know wherever the money is as well is another thing. So I, I don't. I want to be. Surprised to see Hicks land in a spot where he could be a closer, but I, I feel like I'd almost be more. I'd be more confident in him being a setup guy somewhere for a for a team that can definitely contend. Not not like a rebuilding team because he is going to get. He's going to probably get at least ten million dollars a year. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. imagine.
0: That that is the big question, though, with every free agent. Obviously, like whether they will prefer to go for the larger deal, the longer deal, the like better fit for their, their, their family or whatever, or like, if they want to go to a team that's going to be competitive because they want to win a world series or if like the status thing, right? Like, would you rather be a closer on a bad team? Like it, it really like just to set yourself up for more money in the future. There There's all those underlying factors that really makes it super difficult to determine where players are going to go because they will surprise you and just go to uh, a team that is already loaded in the bullpen. Like I would not be surprised if the Braves sign him for (laughs) for eight years or whatever. Um, And just because he wants to be on a good team and and they have such like a, a, an organization that everybody seems to want to play for. Um, But that, that will be something up in the air. I think he's going to go to the Yankees. And the big part there is the Yankees do seem to favor guys that, uh, throw sinkers. I, I you know, I'm mostly just taking the, the clay homes there. But mostly, the Yankees in the past few years or so have been a team that goes out and they get big guys that hit the ball hard and they get relievers that throw the ball hard and nobody throws right. the ball harder than Jordan Hicks. And that just seems like a perfect fit there. He'd be able to get ground balls, avoid the short porches in Yankee stadium. And then he'd also just go out there and just, you know, be th- throwing super hard. And then, you know, I think would pair pretty well with clay Holmes, Uh, just a couple of guys that are just going to, Break your bats in half, but I don't know that that that's more of just like uh, he throws the ball hard, and the Yankees like guys that throw the ball hard, so that, that's like the only thing that I have. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but th- that that was my prediction that I had uh, yesterday on my podcast.
1: I yeah, that's not. I I think I see him in the AL too. I think one of the teams in Texas, uh, the, the Rangers or Astros, could probably mm-hmm. use him. Um, you know, the Astros still have Abreu and Presley, obviously, but they are they're losing. Uh, Stanick, Stanek Maton. and Maton yeah so um, they definitely need to add someone there and I feel like Hicks might be a potential I know a Braves there and he could be the closer of the future but maybe they like him more in a setup role and Hicks could be that you know the you know Presley's last year in Houston could could be you know where they could sign Hicks to a four year deal and have him take over the closer role next year
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he, he should be a really interesting signing because I think wherever he goes, he's going to his role might change depending on where he goes. <laughs> Remember when the Cardinals tried to make him a starter last year?
1: I know, uh, <laughs> that
0: was so funny. Uh, that was like when they, they took Wilson Contreras out of the catcher role.
1: <laughs> what did they do? What happened to them? I don't, I don't,
0: I don't know. They They, yeah. they fell off. They fell off for sure, um, but it's my turn again. I got to pick somebody, and I am likely going for a right-hander because, like I said, lefties fall off pretty hard, and there are a couple pretty interesting right-handers, though the biggest factor there is a couple of them have already been signed, and the rest of them are old. That leaves me with Yariel Rodriguez, who mm-hmm. is a very interesting guy because he is coming over. Well, sorry if there's a weird transition there. Our recording cut off and we spent like 20 minutes figuring things Mm -hmm. out, but we saved the podcast um, and I can continue discussing my pick of Yariel Rodriguez, who's coming over from Japan. He pitched really well there and I watched him pitch in the WBC for Team Cuba, where he seemed really interesting. And I think that's going to really factor into who he signs with and how he's used when he is signed, because I can, I can see him doing a sort of Nick Martinez thing where he, he starts a little for a team and then also relieves or, you know, either doesn't succeed as a starter and then switches to relieving. My prediction on my podcast yesterday was that he would go to the Phillies just because I think their pitching staff sort of lends itself to a guy that can do both starting and relieving. I think they're in need of a starter right now. And with losing Craig Kimbrell, there is an opening in the bullpen despite the uh, emergence of Orion Kirkering and, and the breakout of Jeff Hoffman. I still think they they have room there for a guy like Ariel Rodriguez, and he wouldn't have to be relied upon as like the top closer. But he was really good in Japan, and I think that him coming over stateside to a team that does well with relievers like the the Phillies have the past couple of years, surprisingly, would uh, do him really well. And I think he he'd actually perform very well as my number two reliever in free agency in the draft.
1: Yeah, that would be a good fit for him. Um, I do think it looks like I've noticed the Padres have been linked to him and you mentioned Nick Martinez. I feel like that makes a lot of sense for, (laughs) you know, the the Padres team who definitely needs some help in their bullpen, possibly also in the rotation as well. I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see what they get back in a Juan Soto trade. That's going to, You know, shake up their roster a lot, but um, could always use an arm like Rodriguez, who's still he's only twenty six. There's some upside still there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's going to be
0: twenty seven or his age twenty seven season because his age twenty five season was in twenty twenty two. That year, he pitched to a one point one five ERA. He was not a closer, but I mean that's that's pretty decent setup. He didn't have a lot of strikeouts. It was sixty and fifty four innings, which is you know solid, but not. Uh, out of this world. He did not walk many guys, just 18 in that time. Um, And he's r- really just had a lot of success in Japan, uh, mostly in 2022. But I mean, it, yeah, it, it's hard to tell like uh, if a guy relieves that much in Japan, if, if he would mm-hmm. make a smooth transition, but we did see him starting in the WBC. Those stats are not easy to find and I will not spend, <laughs> I will not spend 10 minutes on the podcast looking for them, but uh, I do feel like he could have one of those hybrid roles.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. I think at least at first, but I, it does seem based on what you know the scouting report is on him that he probably does fit best as a reliever. But he could be a high leverage guy with you know ninety six to ninety nine on his fastball, high spin rate slider twenty two thousand uh, you know twenty nine hundred RPMs on his slider allegedly. So um, yeah, there's there's some interesting stuff here, especially given his age and um let's see mlb trade rumors projects four years 32 million that seems that seems pretty decent for a guy with that that type of cal like caliber arm and how he's pitched in japan for his age i don't
0: know considering that like that that would be just emilio pagan's deal just double with with the the av but i I don't know i I feel like with his ability to, to Ability to start. He either gets one of those deals like Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo had where like Mm -hmm. they make more money depending on how much they start or he just gets more money overall because he has the ability to start. And, And I think it'll be up to whatever team signs him or maybe up to Rodriguez to choose a team that prefers him as a starter if that's what he prefers to do um i I think that will be the the biggest factor in how much money he makes is whether or not a team views him as a starter or as uh just a straight up reliever
1: yeah for sure so um are you do you take a second guy now or
0: now now we just go back and forth We're going
1: back and forth oh no so yeah so you're up put me on the clock um See, yeah, I it's take...
0: hard because the rele- the right-handed relievers are like better, but they right also are just old and not exciting. And then the left relievers are the same but worse.
1: Um, I hate it, but I'm going to take a left-handed reliever who's old and not exactly well. He guess he can kind of be exciting, but I'm going to take I'm going to take a role to Chapman here. Um, because again, the left-handed relievers are really bad after. Hater and Chapman is the only other guy who kind of has some sort of upside where he can close or mm-hmm. just you know be a dominant lockdown force like he was for the most of for most of this past season. Um, you know he got a little shaky in Texas. The walk issues kind of crept up there. Um, but it's good to see even at his age the velocity hasn't changed. It's just, it actually went up this past year. And the swing and miss stuff came back as well, you know, 41.4% K rate, 38% CSW. Uh, It's always going to be a command issue with him. And I think, you know, that you, you, you know, when you're, I don't think he gets a job as a closer. I I think he's still like a high leverage guy where you just have to know if like he, if he doesn't have, there's going to be nights where he doesn't have it. He's, if you leave him in there, he will walk three straight batters and you just got to know like, okay. He like we got to pull. You got to have a quick trigger. I feel like with him, and make sure you have some options, you know, left in your bullpen when he is pitching in games. But when he's when he's on, I mean, he's unhittable. Especially, I mean, lefties are not gonna aren't, aren't able to touch him. So, mm-hmm. and righties when he's you know again when he's locating his stuff. So, um, as far as upside goes, I, I, I'm gonna go Chapman just because of the lefty left handedness and I guess the the closer um, you know uh, um, history he has. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. There it is. That's the, that's the word everyone likes to use.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I do feel like he is probably the next guy off the board. If you're, you know, weighing everything that goes into uh, factoring into free agents, but, yeah, I really feel like he's more of a thrower than he is a pitcher. Where he just he's just going out there and throwing the ball really hard, and obviously yeah. he's got a slider that's really good and a, a, a splitter or a sinker, maybe both. But he, he's really just going out there and just trying to throw the ball past you, and sometimes that just doesn't go in the right area, and he's unable to control it. And you know, I I think that's fine for for what he is. He's he's not the closer that he used to be, but he doesn't really have to be. I, I think his landing spot will really be. Uh, it'll be really be relying on a, a team sort of looking past his off the field history and sort of yeah. hoping that their fans don't really care. So I think like a return to a team that he's already pitched for makes sense. Like I could see him just going back to Kansas city
1: yeah, and then the same, just same thing over again. again. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that, like that makes a lot of sense. I I don't know what he's looking for. I don't know if he, like he just won a World Series. Um, he's had big contracts in the past. Like at this point, I I don't know if he wants to close to guarantee himself like more years in the big leagues, or if he's looking for more money, or if he wants another World Series. The 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 one ring wasn't enough. Didn't satiate his thirst. But yeah, I, I feel like every team could use him, but most teams do not want him because of the baggage that he carries.
1: Yeah, that's totally understandable And it's Yeah, it's going to make you There's no way, I don't think there's any way He's going to get more than a one year deal Again, I feel like he's still He's still kind of on that, you know, one year Prove it um, Type level where It's probably going to be more, it's going to be more money Than he got last year from the the Royals Mm -hmm. But I still can't see A team go into two, two plus years With him
0: Yeah. Well, that leaves me with the next pick and I'm going with a righty again and it's really difficult to pick, but I feel like a lot of these are, a lot of these guys are going in one direction. Um, and a couple of them are going in the opposite. And when I say one direction, I'm not talking about the band. I'm talking about guys going in, uh, going downhill, going into the latter years of their career, but I'm picking a guy that is in his mid thirties, but uh, I feel like has been on the right w- on the right path to continue to pitch well in his mid30s. and that's Hector Neris. He will be 35 next year, but he was really good in 2023, 1.71 ERA, 1.05 whip. He had a boatloads of holds and a, a 28% strikeout rate, which is pretty decent. I feel like he doesn't have the best underlying numbers, but the swing strike rate suggests that the strikeout rate will stay and his ability to suppress hard contact is is very solid. I do not think he's going to be a closer, but he is like a solid number 3 option and if Yariel Rodriguez does end up being a guy that in my hypothetical bullpen is not somebody I can trust in high leverage, Hector Naris definitely is somebody that I can trust in high leverage and obviously there are other guys out there with more closer experience, but that's sort of what factored into that is Hector Naris is he's been I don't know. He's had save opportunities in the past, but he's never really been like a clear cut closer. So I feel like he works better as a setup guy. So with Hader locked into the closer role, I feel good with him as my setup guy.
1: I mean, he had a a three year stretch where he had, I'm trying to do math real quick here. I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, He had like 50 (laughs) plus saves for the Phillies in the Mm -hmm. three year stretch. So um yeah, he definitely has closer experience. I I I think he's an interesting person. I I think he wants a multi-year deal, which uh, might throw this off. But I yeah, like I mean, that's why he opted inter- out. Yeah, I feel like it'd be an interesting stopgap in Baltimore for you know with Batista out for the year. I feel like over Kimbrell, I would rather take a chance on naris or over over David Robertson, I'd rather take a chance on naris Like why? You know, I think you're gonna have to give him three years, and you're gonna. You know, but then he just transitions into a setup guy in front of Batista mm-hmm. next year, and I think it would work out as long as everyone you know involved is okay with that. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's definitely one of those guys who's almost guaranteed to go to a, a contender, and probably probably not a safe situation unless it's Baltimore. But it, yeah, he'll, he'll be one of the better setup men in baseball again as as he has been the last couple of years in in Houston.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest concern with him though is that his velocity has fallen off pretty dramatically, yeah. more so on his splitter. It fell off a uh, full two miles per hour and the four-seamer dropped a mile per hour as well. Um, So that's sort of a concern across the board, but the fact that he was still able to pitch really well and obviously he's not going to be like a sub-two ERA guy again. He had a 4.58 exit last year. I do think that he he's able to outpitch his peripherals because of his ability to induce weak contact as long as he doesn't go to a hitter's ballpark that you know punishes guys for allowing a lot of fly balls because he is a fly ball pitcher I I, I think he should be
1: pretty solid and that was his issues in Philly but he you know Houston's kind of you know it's not exactly pitcher friendly as well so he was able to contain maybe there's a, there's a little bit of luck and involved. I mean, that, that's going to happen that there's, you know, bad luck and good luck involved with guys like this. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, ballpark will be a factor, uh, as will team context and, you know, just what, what type of, you know, bullpen he ends up in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we've both drafted three guys. And before we move on to the final four picks for each of us, we're going to take our final break. And we're back. Jake Crumpler here with Rick Graham. We are drafting bullpens amongst the free agent relievers. So far, we've each picked three guys. I went with Josh Hader, Yariel Rodriguez, and Hector Neris. Rick has gone with Robert Stevenson, Jordan Hicks, and Aroldis Chapman. And he is on the clock again.
1: I'm going to go with another ex-astro and Phil Maton. Uh, I think for yep. you know rounding out this bullpen, a guy who doesn't throw hard, but he still has you know great um, peripherals on his fastball. With you know he's kind of like a Paul Sewell light with the the gyro spin on his fastball that he he is able to locate up at the zone at like ninety miles per hour that just baffles hitters. Um, had a five point two five PLV last year, sixteen point four percent swinging strike rate. Doesn't have a ton of high leverage experience, I guess. You know, two career saves. Hasn't even really been a setup guy much. I don't know what his holds totals are over the years, but he's not a huge holds guy as well. So, um, this is just bank- banking more on, first of all, what's left. And second of all, I think just, you know, someone who kind of is different from the rest of this bullpen. If everyone mm-hmm. else throwing 100 miles per hour here and Stevenson with his hard slider, it's. Maiton gives a little bit of a different look. Um, yeah. He was also going to be my next choice. I, I
0: was debating between him and Neris, but I, I just went with uh, Neris's track record of, of being really good over the past few years. And, and mm-hmm. w- the only thing that was sort of pushing me towards Maiton was the age. And, oh, he will be 31 next year. That's, I don't know good for a guy to not have declining skills, but I don't know what it is. He like really excites me going into next year just because I see the opportunity for him to be a closer somewhere for a rebuilding team that, you know, signs him either for one year or like a year and an option and allows him to save ball games and then go back out onto the free agent market with the closer experience behind him to earn him more money. I think the A's are a perfect fit for that just because they wouldn't have to pay him too much. And it would sort of be like the Trevor May signing last year. And they'd be able to, you know, put Mayton's name on the map by getting saves, maybe gets an all-star appearance and then goes back out on the free agent market and then can get some money. But yeah, he's not like super exciting. 20, Seven twenty six percent strikeout rate. Um, doesn't throw really hard. Uh, just like pretty decent ERAs, but yeah, I feel like he could be somebody really interesting for fantasy, just because he might be able to get saves depending on the the landing spot.
1: Yeah, it's he's he's definitely an Astro uh, reliever with just an insane crazy spin rates and mm-hmm. um, just no the velo is not there, but he, he makes yeah. up for it in other ways. So. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see where, what type of role he ends up in. Yeah, I, I could see like like you're saying, uh, being a closer on a you know a team that's probably not going to win a ton of games. But um, uh, it, yeah, it could I mean, give even him, the Royals. Yeah, that could make some sense for sure. That'd be a great yeah. fit for him.
0: So I am now back on the clock, and I'm sort of stuck in the same situation where I have all the old guys again, and then all the uh. I don't know. High upside guys and uh some lefties. I'm going to go with a guy that's more high upside because we don't really know much about him because he was pitching in Japan and that is Yuki Matsui. He is going to be 28 years old next year and he has been a closer for the past few years in Japan, 39 saves in 2023 with a 1.57 ERA. A lot more strikeouts than someone like Ariel Rodriguez, 272 strikeouts in 57 innings. And he's a lefty reliever that gives me two lefties to rely on. I can use Josh Hader in the closer role while still having someone like Matsui to go out and, and face lefties in high leverage situations. Um, I'm excited to see what kind of stuff he has coming over here because uh, I, I don't know. We don't have too much access to Japanese. Uh, advanced metrics and stuff we have baseball reference and obviously there are other websites out there that i do not frequent but he i don't think he's been posted yet so he's not officially somebody that that's up for grabs but he is somebody that we covered in our free agent preview last week
1: yes i don't you think you're right i don't think he's been posted yet but um he is likely to get a pretty pretty Decent contract for, um, you know, a reliever coming over from Japan. Um, I don't have a ton of information on him, but I know he's you know, the lefty throws ninety six miles per hour and has a good splitter, probably a good slider. Um, probably going to uh, he could he could be, be get some interest as a closer, but I feel like he's more likely to land in a spot where he could. Set up um, an already a closer that's already you know entrenched somewhere. So I, 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 it's an interesting pick. He was someone I, if there wasn't Chapman, the un, he was the other lefty just because the unknown upside kind yeah. of is intriguing inherent upside. Yeah, just because we like, don't know
0: anything about him and, and he was good in Japan.
1: Can he be better than Matt Moore, or Jake Deekman or Will Smith? Like probably, probably. right? I hope so. <laughs> so if um, not,
0: just like <laughs> as good as them, right? Like, yeah, exa- I don't know. exactly. Like yeah, Matt yeah. Moore was good last year, but he's getting old, and uh, Jake Deakman's got that leaving the Rays factor, and then everybody else is, <laughs> yeah. is pretty uninspiring. So he does feel like the last lefty reliever out there that's going to get you a little bit hyped if your team signs him. But now I've got four guys in my bullpen. You have four guys in your bullpen, and you're on the clock again.
1: Um, <laughs> it does get hard here. It's really... I uh, will take a chance on another veteran in Joe Kelly because his advanced metrics are telling me he's better than what he is, and I... Still have a little bit of faith for him, um, despite the struggles he's had in the past couple of years. I mean, for one, the White Sox are not helping anyone do anything better. So, uh, I and then he, he he didn't really have. He got hurt before really doing anything in L.A. last year after the trade deadline. But um, I, I still think that depending he and for in real life, it's going to depend on where he lands, how his season goes next year because. Um, I think a team like – I mean, it just seems like a team like – if the Rays just got a chance to work with Joe Kelly, I feel like yeah, they could turn I, the him into – Yeah, the he's
0: been so good.
1: Yeah. I so, feel so like, unlucky. Yeah, that's just – But it comes to a point where how – like why is he so unlucky consistently? I mean, it's, it's, is it it's, like he just uh, gives up
0: a lot of home runs, which is yeah. like part of it, but it's not like he's even a fly ball pitcher. Like I think he just – Right, right. Like – Pit, throws some meatballs and gets messed up, but when you're throwing 99 miles per hour, like that sinker is is wicked. And then to have like the slider and the curveball as well, he's pretty unstoppable. And he strikes out a ton of guys. He like yep. walks a decent amount of guys, but not like a concerning amount.
1: No, I mean 10 10% percent walk, 10.7 percent walk rate is not great, but it's just a little bit over 10 percent. That's fine. You can work with that, especially given his 36 percent K rate last year. So. Yeah, I I would um I think he's more like his 2021 self than um what he's shown in the past two two seasons and um yeah, the Rays just make like a ton of sense here. I feel like he would be an elite setup option there with, you know, between him, Adam and then Fairbanks in the ninth. They, they could have a really good uh you know, bullpen and it's not going to cost, he shouldn't cost a ton based on his year. I mean, ERA is still a thing teams look at and they're mm. going to see 6.08 or 6.08 in 2022, 4.12 last year. And, you know, they're probably going to shy away a little bit, but yeah, the, the metrics are definitely better than what that ERA shows.
0: Yeah. I, I have to figure he finally has a, a, a year with good luck and then gets that ERA under four. Yeah. But, it leaves me with very few options left. I, I feel like I sort of have to go with one of the veteran right-handed pitchers because uh, I think the left-handed options are worse um, and you uh, I already have two lefties so, and they're both really good. So I don't really have right. a need for another one, um, but it is difficult to, to pick amongst these guys because uh, they're all so different. Well, before I was so rudely cut off once again by (laughs) recording software, um, I was talking about how it was difficult to decide between the remaining veteran right-handed pitchers that were available. Uh, They are pretty uninspiring, and then the left-handed pitchers might be worse. So I'm going with Craig Kimbrell. He does seem to me to have the highest upside. He's Did fall apart in September, and I think that's because he pitched more innings than we've seen from him in a long time. He was at 69 nice innings last year, which is the most that I can see from his the seasons listed on his player page, which on pitcher list, which goes back to 2018. And so I think that's the biggest factor in why he fell off in September and and lost his control, because before that, he was like a 10 percent walk guy, maybe even below that. And uh, he, he was striking out like 34% of guys. He was a closer for a playoff team that went all the way to the NLCS. And I still, I still think he's, he's really good just as long as he's got his mechanics there. That usually seems to be the biggest factor in him having success. So if he's got his mechanics down, he's got his, uh, he, he's got his head right. Uh, I think he can be a decent reliever and I think works pretty well as my number five reliever.
1: Yeah, uh, I was thinking. Yeah, I was you know considering him as well at this point because it, it's you know it's disappointing how he finished the season. But yeah, it's you know he's not used to throwing that many innings, especially at his age. Mm-hmm. That that definitely took a toll. So I think you have to be a little bit cautious of that when you bring him in and kind of know that you know for him to be at his best, you're probably going to have to be around like fifty five to sixty tops, at, you know, yeah. innings next year for him. But that's certainly, I mean, you'll, you mean that's fine. I mean, Josh Hader only had like 55 innings last year. Um, it, it's it's doable, and he'll probably get a one-year deal again. The Orioles do s- seem to make some sense there. Yep, that makes sense. To um, me too. But there are other teams that could get in. I mean, what is what is he looking for? It's again, it's we talked about this a couple times. It's yeah, you know, he. I'm sure he could go close for. He's a won bad a World team. Series, right? Yeah, he, he's, so, he's hey, got. A he was with the Red Sox. But he. he yeah, he does seem to sign
0: with teams that are looking to win. So I, I feel yes. like Orioles just makes like sense all around because it would allow him to close and go to a team that's right winning a lot of games.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's the the, the team that makes the most sense. But there's uh, there's definitely other options. And if he, you know, what what maybe now he's looking more towards like what is you know what does his career saves totals look like? Is he yes it, exactly it matters to some guys? So like maybe. You know, just making sure that he he is the closer role somewhere uh, could uh-huh. be a factor. But yeah, it's a it's a good pick. I think there's still definitely something left in the tank there. He, uh, as long as yeah, you just gotta be careful manage manage innings with him and don't mm-hmm. overwork him. All right, back to you. Two more. Um, do want to add another lefty? But I might wait on that. I. Careful. Okay. Yeah, I think. you're yeah, well, you told me you got to. I don't know if you're gonna add. Hey, o. maybe
0: I was trying to throw you
1: off. I mean, at this point, it's just pick a pick a name out of. No, I, I do have a lefty in mind, but I will go with. Um, I'll go with Keenan Middleton. Um, I think he's going to be an nice. underrated reliever in free agency this year. A, you know, he had huge numbers between the White Sox and the and the Yankees, as far as you know. Underlying metrics go thirty point two percent K rate, thirty six percent whiff rate. He kind of changed his approach, um, which is interesting. He started, you know, forty three percent change up usage, which before last year he had never been above eighteen percent, twenty three percent in twenty nineteen, I guess. So yeah, he really upped his change up usage last year, and um kind of became a three a true three pitch reliever with his change up slider fastball through the fastball twenty six percent slider thirty percent of the time so three pitches to get batters out to get lefties out to get righties' out i like to have him the change up guy with strikeout numbers in the back of the bull or in, in this bullpen with everyone else here so yeah i i think middleton's a sneaky sneaky reliever in the free agent market and interested i mean he should to me it's like i I don't see why he can't get the same kind of deal Pagan got, but I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe he goes for a one-year deal with a team that needs a closer to try to boost his market as well. Sure.
0: Sneaky is right. I don't even see him on our list.
1: I don't think that's what I noticed. <laughs> I know that's kind you of a to you. You deleted his name off there, <laughs> no, so I, I wouldn't. <laughs> don't, I don't know how. I, so I, I took the free agent list. from. I, I had to double check that it's a free agent.
0: Yeah, I did too uh, because I thought you were pulling a fast one on me.
1: He must have. Uh, he must have either gotten deleted. Yeah, I must have. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> that's, that's that's. so fine. yeah, we could put an asterisk next to it.
0: No, it's fine. That <laughs> it is fine. I did. I did not see A, him. But eighteen
1: point six percent swinging strike rate over fifty innings last year. So you know.
0: Yeah. He's legit. I uh no. I think I will also go with a, an interesting high upside guy that maybe taken a, a pick too early. This probably should be my number 7, but I'm going to go with him at number 6 and it's Shintaro Fujinami. I just think he needs to land in the the right situation. It, it, last year was his first year mm-hmm. pitching in the United States, so that's got to be you know, difficult to, to come over and do that. And he had the whole switching from being a starter to being a reliever, pitching for a terrible team in the A, switching teams. Like there was just so much change there that I feel like he just needs to go to the right situation. Just like have a little consistency in terms of like outside factors for just uh, like an off season or for the, for the whole first half. And you'll be able to figure things out because the stuff is legit. And he was a little bit unlucky last year with the 70 ERA and a five X fit obviously five X fit, not good, but definitely clearly well below his ERA. And he just throws super hard, 98 miles per hour. He's got wicked secondaries and a, a splitter, a cutter and a slider. And I just think if he goes to the right situation, he might finally start figuring things out, throwing strikes and, and striking guys out. And we saw glimpses of that last year, but maybe this next year with, with more uh, familiarity pitching in the United States and with more familiarity with a, a ball club will help him out.
1: Yeah. I, um, think that's a very interesting i don't know what his it's going to be very I, I mean i have no idea where he's going to end up because i don't think he ends up in a high leverage spot but if he does want to regain some value maybe he does go to a You know, he was with the oakland a's for la- last year to start and that's what he signed with so maybe he, he does go to a team that you know he gives him an opportunity to work high leverage innings and Boost his his value because you know he did come over. What is he thirty one? Going to be thirty one thirty? He came over kind of late, and you know if he's you know trying to regain value, he doesn't have you know he's started already in the in his thirties. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting name. I feel like the Royals make sense there. It's like another one of the kind of like the A's, mm-hmm. a little, but a little bit better situation. So um i'd
0: love to see him go to the rays or something
1: yeah i mean that would be fun obviously because like, the, uh, the stuff's crazy coming out of his arm i mean it's it's just refining it and you know locating it um so i guess what do i have my last one my i'm gonna take yep. my lefty i will go with <laughs> oh i really hate this group um <laughs> i'm gonna go with andrew chafin wow I know. He was terrible last year. Like, just, did nothing was, nothing was good last year from him. Um, I mean, he was good in the first half. The first, like, two months, yeah. I thought the move to Milwaukee was going to really, like, boost him, boost his, yeah, um, and, like, you know, get him going Went the, in the right way. direction. But it, so this time I was cut off rudely by our software. Um, We're going to work out the kinks. It's the offseason for for this as well. (laughs) Yeah. um, But, yeah, and back to Andrew Schaafen. You know, yeah, like I was talking about, you know, thought Milwaukee was going to help turn things around for him. And it didn't. It did the opposite. Um, But there's still still a lot to like as far as, you know, his velocity actually went up last year, and his slider is still – still still a really impressive slider with a 56% whiff rate um so with you know Chapman being the power lefty i, I like Chafin as being kind of the sinker slider lefty um who i think is bound for a, a bounce back year i mean he's another guy we I mean, obviously want we want every reliever to go to the rays but i feel like someone like Chafin you know going there would be would would be a really good fit um so yeah, I I think there's depending on landing spot, Shafin could be in for a big bounce back next year.
0: Yeah, and uh, I I think it was weird that he started walking a bunch of guys after being like a nine percent walk right. guy. He went up to twelve and a half, so I think he might return back to normal there. Um, but. This will allow me to wrap up my picks. And I really have no idea who to pick after I think the ones that we've picked. Not too many great options. I'll just go get another lefty because I think at this point the lefties are the best. Mm. I'm going to get Matt Moore. He just feels like he's got more upside than anyone. And that's probably because he was such a high draft pick when he was drafted all those years ago. And last year he was really good 2.56 ERA, 1.16 whip. He struck out 27.5% of batters and didn't walk really anybody. And as my third lefty, I feel fine with that. Um, So, I will wrap up my bullpen, bullpen with Matt Moore. And to recap the picks that we made, I drafted first, Rick took two, and then we switched off. Rick had his bullpen featuring Robert Stevenson, Jordan Hicks, Araldis Chapman, Phil Maton, Joe Kelly, Keenan Middleton, and Andrew Chafin, while I had Josh Hader, Yariel Rodriguez, Hector Naris, Yuki Matsui, Craig Kimbrell, Shintaro Fujinami, and Matt Moore. I do feel more confident about yours, but I think mine has a lot of upside, um, right. but they, they do, uh, I, I think, pair pretty nicely. Um, I would allow us to talk more about these, but <laughs> I am afraid that we're going to get cut off again. And so I think this is about as good time as any to link where we can follow you on social media and anything you've got going on. Uh,
1: nothing going on. It's probably going to be... a bit of a quiet December for me, but you can find me on Twitter or X and also blue sky at, uh, I am Rick Graham. Um, yeah. What about you, Jake? You can follow me at Jake crumpler on Twitter.
0: And I have an article that is, I think coming out the same day as this podcast talking about players that will be drafted higher due to what I consider to be the playoff tax. So go read that article. Um, And also, as I mentioned previously in the podcast, my personal podcast, free baseball, uh, we try to do every week or so. It's, it's a more lax schedule in the off season, but you can find that on my Twitter. Once again, at Jay Crumpler or at athletes hub on Twitter. But other than that, you know, just, uh, promoting pitcherless go check out the website it is super fast now and uh it is super awesome it's going to be a great off season of pitcherless content and also just you know using the website to do a bunch of research on players as we head into draft season but that's going to do it for this episode of In in the pen we will talk to you all in a couple of weeks